This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. Ah, so good to see you, and hope you're having a good summer stroke winter, depending on where you are in the world, and just what is going on with the weather, and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm happy. I'm a happy chap, because we've had rain, less sun, more rain. <laughs> I'm a happy chap. The temperature's gone down. It's still a bit muggy, but I'm happy. I'm happy. I like this time of year when it's like this. There you go. And the alpacas, they've got some new hay, so they're very happy too. They like the new hay. And they're out grazing. They they spent some nice time under the trees the other day. It was really hot and sunny. That was before the rain came. And they actually went under the trees in the middle of the afternoon. Most most unlike them, but it was really nice uh, for them. So I, I could see them from where I was, and they were really enjoying that spell of time in the shade. And as the shadows then kind of came and covered more of the bank, they came out <laughs> and spread themselves out again. This morning, they seemed to have spent ages in one particular point. I, what is that about? Why was it so attractive? There was all knot of them. I couldn't work out what was going on. Uh, all relaxed. There was nothing happening, happening. It was just they wanted to be in that place. Must be some nice stuff happening. I'm not sure what it is, but they enjoyed it, which was good. So we've had a kind of cloudy day, a bit of rain, but it's uh, much more pleasant temperatures and a little bit of air movement, less at this time, end of the day. But this morning we had some nice wind coming in from northeast, really, thereabouts, northeast of the compass. Um, so that was a bit cooling without being too excessively. <laughs> this weather, it never knows when to stop, does it? it? It just, you know, it's a bit windy and then it gets really windy. We just have to take whatever comes, I know. So there you go. And you mustn't, you must not underestimate the f sense of well-being, the sense of satisfaction that comes from having a full hay store. It is so nice. We've had a bit of a gap when we were waiting for the hay supplies. It sort of dwindled a bit um, and they were doing some harvesting and making the hay. And they got some nice stuff this year. So that's good. So we've had our, our big bale delivered. So we were We've got that available for the girls now. So it's filled the hay store and it is so, so nice. There you go. So, mm, have you ever thought about keeping alpacas? I mean, seriously, seriously, thought about keeping alpacas? I know some of you just can't and you come for the stories and just you enjoy what I'm doing here with the, the podcast. And I'm delighted that you are here. But I just wanted to spend a bit of time today thinking about... People who are thinking seriously about getting alpacas and, and I'm close to that decision point, oh, it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? And there's a load of stuff you just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And there are things that you will have to cope with that you <laughs> you wish they'd told you, or wish they told me this before I got into this. Uh I was thinking about that. What what are the things I would have liked to have been told in advance? I'm not sure, you know. We did quite a bit of research, our end, and was aware of a lot of the things. Some of it is actually doing it, 
like trimming toenails, like opening a mouth to check what's going on inside, like, well, I do the shearing, so like shearing, like holding an animal, getting an animal settled so that you can examine, see what's going on. Uh, and it may just be trimming fleece around the eye, just the fringe bit so that they can see more clearly. Or it could be something a bit more serious, what's going on here. And so there's anxiety that you have and you pass that on to the animals. Be careful. You need to be aware of that. I mean, you can't help it. I know. But you just need to be aware of, of that fact as well. So there are many things that you'll need to learn. Many things that will be important for you. And I, I can't tell you them all. There's different for everybody, I think. It's just, it's a bit of a journey. You will have to learn. And some of it is only gained by doing it. You have to do the thing to actually learn. Uh, experience is a wonderful thing. So things things like how are you going to move them from place to place? Where, where are they going to be able to be moved from one field to another? How big are the fields? That kind of thing. Where are you going to do husbandry? Have you got somewhere that's indoors? Has it got light and power? Has it got water? It's a whole bunch of things. I think I've told the story before <laughs> about not having enough gates. There was a gate we had to go back and put one in the corner. We should have put one in the first place. But um, you don't know until it's a problem. You 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 do the best you can, and then you you adapt and adjust, and that's that's part of the thing that you do. And you try and get it as right as possible in the first place, but there will be things that you'll have to change and things that you'll have to adjust. So let me talk about three things that I think are important for you to think about. Land, how much of a commitment it's going to be, and how you choose, how you choose the animals. And so let's start with the first one, land. Have you got enough land? And there's a, there's a you know, a figure in mind. Five to the acre. Hmm. Okay. If you only got one acre, that's probably too many for that one acre. So you need enough land. You need enough of the right kind of land. Is it sheltered? Is it going to be wet in the winter? Going to get really muddy? Has it got some, like a shelter belt of trees or, or bushes or hedgerow down the edge? What kind of fencing have you got? Is it <laughs> looking at some of mine now? Oh, dear. So we started off with, with that hardly any fencing. We had to have a lot of fencing put in. And uh, it doesn't last forever. So you just got to think about those things. How much fencing do you need? What kind of transit you, from one field to another? How can they, they move? How can you move them easily, safely? Particularly if you don't have to do it by yourself. I do a lot of stuff on my own, as you know. And therefore, they get used to what they're doing and where they're going. And it's not a problem. But also you can make it easier by having laneways. So it's a path that's fenced. So you open from the field, you open a gate, and there's nowhere for them to go except follow the lane way that you've made, which is a, a fenced corridor, really, which goes to the next field. Uh, that makes life so much easier. So you could take a very large field, split it into four, have a laneway down the middle, um, and you'd be able to move them between any of the fields. So it needs some planning, needs some thought. You need enough fencing and gates and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one to get right, but enough land, enough of the right kind of land. What's the grazing like? Is it going to be okay? What's the danger points? Have you thought about danger points? So what are the things? Is there anything there that needs to be taken out? Rhododendrons do not have rhododendrons anywhere near your alpacas. Seriously. 
other things that are poisonous plants for your area? What are the things? Talk to, to the local farmers, get an idea. Talk to local breeders, get an idea of what are the, the plants that are around you need to look out for and, and remove. What about the other things? Different times of the year. What about if the grass doesn't get started early enough because you have a, a late spring for whatever reason? Are you going to be able to feed them enough as the, the right kind of grazing? Can you move them around so they don't kind of strip the whole area down to nothing? but you can manage to keep them with some source of food and where you're going to get your hay from and that kind of stuff. If you've got enough land, you can make your own hay if you've got the equipment or if you've got a neighbour who's got the equipment. So it's the right kind of land, the right kind of things. It could be that in the winter you get very wet and that's going to be a problem because how are you going to move around? Are you going to use equipment? If you've got a tractor or a quad, is it going to cope with... You know, you can do one pass. I I'm on the tractor. It's it's big, heavy, large wheels. Even though it's a compact tractor, and there's a limited number of passes backwards and forwards when the ground is wet that I can do that isn't going to just completely churn up and turn the path, the track backwards and forwards into liquid mud. So when it's really wet, I try and do as little. I do do use a tractor and make it's the tool you need to use it, but. What if you have to go backwards and forwards a lot? What if the animals are going backwards and forwards a lot? Have you got wet spots? Have you got places? Alternatives. That's always a good thing. <laughs> you sometimes don't have a choice. But if you can work out alternatives, that's good. So enough land of the right kind. Is it in the right place? Can you see what's going on? Is it nearby? Ideally, wouldn't it be lovely? And I'm so fortunate where I am that I can see my alpacas now as I'm recording this. Some people have to travel a, a number of miles to get to the field where the alpacas are. And, you know, is that okay? Do you know, have you got land in the right place? Is there a possibility of expanding, increasing the land if need be? So, yeah, and if it's going to be wet, if it's going to be frozen, can you manage with water? Can you manage with food? Getting it to them in the fields. There you go. So the land is the first issue. The second one was about commitment. Do you, you do know this is going to be a commitment. You're taking on something that's a long-lived animal that has particular needs. You can do it all. You can meet all the needs. But it is going to cost money on an ongoing basis. What, what if they get sick? Are you going to be able to, to cover the vet fees, the call out, the any medicine, that kind of stuff? What about your time? It's going to take a lot of time, certainly some times of the year will be particularly tied up with the alpaca activity. So have you got the time to give to that? It's it's quite a significant thing to to, to be clear about. I, I, uh, the last time I talked about all this stuff, I remember thinking, oh, I'm just trying to put people off. I'm really not trying to put you off. But I just want you to be sure that you know what you're doing as you're making or moving towards making this kind of decision. So it's going to cost in terms of money. It's going to cost in terms of time. They're long-lived animals. And they don't understand public holidays. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Don't let it be a romantic notion. It's not like when you go on holiday and think, oh, this would be a fantastic place to live. I'd love to be able to do that. Romantic notion of, isn't it? I'd love to keep alpacas. It would be fantastic. It's great on a sunny day. It's not too bad on the first wet day. But when it's wet, 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 day after day after day, and it's hard work, with the mud and all the rest of it, then, you know, there you go. It's not a romantic notion. 
That's not how you make a decision about this kind of thing. You need to go in with your eyes open. It's a great opportunity. It's a great thing to be doing, but go in with your eyes open. It's the best thing that I've ever done, but it's also one of the hardest things I've ever done is keeping alpacas. There have been moments it has been really quite hard. So you need to know about that. Third point. So the first one was land. Have you got enough in the right kind, in the right place? Commitment, know what you're taking on. Third point then is choose wisely. Choose animals that you like, animals that you like the look of, the colour, the character. Yes, you need to get ones that you like the look of, but also they've got characters. They've got individual characters that are quite different. You need to spend a bit of time around them um, and just get to know them. Now, you can't without spending a lot of time with them and developing trust and developing experience of how they are. That's one of the joys that comes over time. You can't do a quick, you can't do that in the short term. So you're looking for some kind of indicators. It's not a perfect science, choosing an animal, but you can ask some questions and you can also do some observations. How are they with the other animals? How are they going to get on? And if you're going to choose some that are, it'd be good to choose ones that get on well together, ideally. <laughs> uh, they do have friends. They do understand the dynamic and it changes. You know, they'll, they'll get used to each other, but also it's good to start with a good, strong foundation. Animals you like and a breeder that you can get on with. You want to have somebody you can get on the phone to and say, hey, can you help me with this? I'm seeing this. Is this normal? Do I need to worry? What should I do about it? Have you any thoughts about this thing? And that's just such a valuable thing. So find a breeder that you get on well with, that you like, you like their animals, but you also like them. You're not just buying the animal off the shelf, you are buying the breeder as well. Choose the best you can afford. Don't go mad, but choose the best you can afford. And choose ones that are suitable for your purposes. If you're really going in for breeding or really going in for showing, then think about the bloodlines, think about the detail of the fineness of the fleece, etc. If it's just for pets, that's a different thing. If it's just for fleece, that's a different thing. The 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 ultimate use for the animals. That will determine which ones you start with. And plan for having fleece. You need to plan. That's what they produce. (laughs) That's what they're for. So you need to plan for having fleece and for what that will mean. You need to do the shearing. Somebody needs to do the shearing. You need to decide what you're going to do about storing it and then processing it, either by yourself or sending it away to get processed. That's going to cost money and time again as well. So hopefully that gives you some Quick ideas, things that you need to, that are, that are they're really going to make a difference. So gates, fences, all important in terms of the land. Do get some hurdles. My my two things that I think are essential, some hurdles so you can make a little catch pen. So four foot high and a group of four of them that, that interlock together. More if you can, but certainly with four, depends how many animals you've got. But that's so, so useful because then they can be in a space that you know, once they're in there, they're secure. And you can go in with them. And also a handling helper. I'll put the link again for that. So Camelid Dynamics. And uh, that's a, a great opportunity to get some really good quality tools and equipment. So halters, leads, and this handling helper. It's a short strap, which is it's invaluable, really. So they're the things I think are essential, are the... Halter helper 
or the, as it used to be called, now called the handling helper, and also some hurdles. You really need to do yourself a favor and get those. Uh, yeah. So what do you need to learn to get started? You need some stuff. You need to, to do the research. You need to, to get in enough, but don't, don't not make a decision because you're not sure whether you've got enough knowledge yet. Find somebody that you can go and spend some time with. Ask the questions. What do you need to learn? You need some basics. You need to have some understanding and then you're going to learn on the job. They will teach you. How will you keep going? Well, there's places, there are video things, there are training courses, things online, a lot more now. So I'll put a link in that that's uh, coming up. And in fact, there is a workshop coming up for Camilla Dynamics. Marty McGee Bennett is doing one of her amazing in-person. I think it's the only one this year. So I'll put the link in the thing. You need to be there. If that is the thing for you, take advantage of it. And it's in the US. And the date for that is the 10th to the 12th of September, just around the corner. And that's in Dundee. And that's in Michigan. I'm sorry, you got excited there, didn't you, for a moment, thinking it was Dundee in Scotland. I'm sorry, that's Dundee in Michigan. The people in Scotland were just getting excited there, thinking it was Dundee in Scotland, but I'm afraid not. It's Dundee in Michigan. So the details are on the website, Marty McGee Bennett. I will put the links in the episode notes. Go check them out. And there's also, I think, access to the online gathering, which was back earlier in the year in May. And I think you can still get access to the videos and things worth having a look at all of that. So that's that's the stuff that I think you need to be aware of, at least at this point. If you've got any specific questions I haven't covered, do let me know. I'd love to answer a question that you're actually asking. And I'd love to hear from you. That's steve at alpacatribe.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what your question is. And if you can, ha ha. Haha, <laughs> you know what's coming, but this is a little twist today. If you can, go spend some time with an alpaca breeder, someone with alpacas that can help you think about what is involved in keeping alpacas. And also, if you can, spend some time with an alpaca. Take care. See you again soon. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day. <laughs>